This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, Vice President of CX of M and retired Global CX Executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Bob Keipel. We are extremely grateful today to be joined by Chantel Boetta, the Managing Director of Brand Love Customer Experience. Welcome to the show, Chantel. Amazing, Tom and Bob. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. So Chantel, we are excited that you are going to be joining the CX of M radio network in July, just building this dynamo even bigger. Um, before we do, can you tell us a little bit about brand love customer experience and what you do and what makes it unique? Oh, wow. So I started, I started brand love in 2012 i just woke up one morning and i and i and i decided i'm going to leave corporate captivity and i'm going to start an innovation innovation consultancy and i kind of woke up with the name with the name brand love and i think my you know my my frustration with most of my corporate roles i i had was i had way more ideas than what any of them could use and i stood month after month along this graveyard of ideas that would just not ever, ever see the light. So it's really been a dream to bring uh, a company forth where, you know, culture and care and, and really having courage is, is, is important. Um, and to teach people how to solve their own problems, uh, you know, behind, you know, behind customer experience tools and techniques, there's just like fundamental problems that people are having difficulty solving. And if you can show people much more important to solve it for them, if you can show them how to solve it themselves, then you're creating sustainable change. So I think what what makes us very different is we've we've got a deep underlying philosophy of teaching people, giving them the confidence and and showing them what courage looks like in order to solve their own their own problems. And and you know for for leaders to understand how to lead a group of problem solvers because I do think that demands a very different style of leadership, moving away from command and control to actually a very empowering style of leadership where you allow people to experiment and make mistakes. That's how you learn. That's how you come up with better with better solutions. So just if I can clarify a little bit, so because this is all about CX, I mean, what you're yeah. talking about is it could be that you do jobs with clients that are just about problem solving might not even be CX. Is that true? Or are you focusing in the CX world? So I think most of all the symptoms we we get faced with is very much customer experience related symptoms and sometimes employee experience related symptoms. And what sits behind it is often, you know, how the organization has been put together, when processes, people and 
and systems come together, it just doesn't, it wasn't architected for delivering the best experience to humans, whether it's employees or whether it's customers. So, you know, often, you know, we, we uh, organizations are now so used to just putting on plasters, you know, like, like if you've got a headache, you know, just take a, take an aspirin, you know, and, and sometimes these problems are much more uh, deeper and, and much more, uh, pervasive than what than what companies think. So I think I think it's a lot about, you know, the, you know, understanding understanding root causes and then solving them one and once and for all because that makes your, you know, that makes your cu customer experience leapfrog competitors. If you um, if you fix the the hygiene factors, but you innovate in a way where you really hold your customer and, and not what your customer demands from you right now, but what they're going to demand from you two years down the line, because you've got mm -hmm. to you've, you've got to keep on. I mean, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a it's not a one time job, you've you've got to live really your customer and your employee experience. So Chantel, it's obvious you're you're really passionate about what you do on a daily basis. How has your work at Brand Love helped to shape the creation of your podcast? So I I think when you know when I when I started this business, you know I I thought you know we'll do a lot of consulting and we'll do a lot of like neat designing journeys, designing processes. Uh, but but it ended up like being a lot of activating people. Um, ultimately, I th I think most brands could not exist without without the people. So it's really that people activation part that I'm you know that really gets me out of out of bed in the in the morning. And I think you know so many people um, that I engage with on a daily basis, leaders, you know people in in big corporates, they've lost their spark. You know, and I think, you know, my my company exists and my team finds so much meaning in giving people back their spark. And that's really the 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 you know what I wanna, you know, bring to the to the to the podcast is, you know, that how to take ordinary employees and reignite the brand warrior inside of them. And you know, for me, stepping up as a brand warrior, having that spark of where you believe in something so much, whether it's your own brand, you know, that you can feel proud about the person that you are when you show up daily, or whether it's the brand on which payroll you are. For for me, I don't think you can pay someone to, you know, to to have that flame and to I, I think it comes from within. So, you know, the core of you know, understanding how human beings, you know, how they, how they, you know, architected inside to actually care about stuff and then allowing them to bring that to the workplace is something that I think, you know, I think a lot of people just, you know, they just get by on autopilot. And it's, and it's for me sad that, that waste of human potential, um, and it could be so different. Um, you know, if people really believe in the brands that they work for and the values that that brand upholds, and if they find that personal passion and pride, I believe performance will follow. Um, because usually leaders come to us and they say, I want better performance out of my people. And, you know, when you start digging, it's like, show me your KPIs. You're getting exactly what you're incentivizing, you know. So, so if you've got a toxic culture, 
It's because people are competing with each other. So, you know, a lot of the times the ecosystems are off balance. Um, and and for us, that's, for me, that's really, I, I don't think it's so hard, but it requires the same focus as anything else. You know, if we put the same love into our people than what we put into product development in many organizations, uh, you know, the world, I think the world of work would be very different. So can I I'd like to follow up on this sort of idea of activating people? Because I just like that term. It's pretty neat. I mean, a lot of CX people find themselves trying to be evangelists in a company to sort of sell the ROI of even doing this stuff. And some people have like a one or two day offsite. They feel really good about it. They get charged up and then maybe it kind of falls flat later, you know? So how do you activate, uh, especially the leadership to, you know, number one, buy in and then number two, sort of keep it going after you've had the initial meetings or you've consulted with them? Yeah, so Bob, I mean, I think, you know, the, 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 the hard route is, is here to say, well, you either believe it or you don't. Um, you know, just like you've, it's like religion, you got to, you got to believe or you, or you don't. And, and I think, you know, we get so angry with, you know, leaders who ask these questions say, all right, so you want to spend, you know, 2 million on a training program, what's the return we're going to get? And we go, but it's your people, you should invest in your people. But I think often, um, you know, we get angry at people who are just doing their jobs, the CEO and the CFO, they need to answer to the to the shareholders to say how they've spent the money, they, they're getting paid to ask those questions. And as professionals, if we shy away from the question, you know, we, we make we make the whole CX thing and the EX thing soft and fluffy. So I believe it's it's really about the metrics, you know, how do you, how do you measure return on investment in some of these um, in some of these things and if we believe that you know a lot of the time humans are the brand you know how can we how can we properly measure those those interactions and i think fundamentally a, a lot of the metrics are are faulty because we look at we look at the metrics as if, if you would in a factory and we, and we don't necessarily measure you know, return on, on human potential. We don't measure, you know, the relationship quality uh, in a lot of the, the interactions. Um, and, you know, then we see some of the results in, you know, how many people are complaining, how many people are leaving are leaving the brand. And, and we wanna we wanna attack the hard metrics to say, well, it's because they were holding on too long on the phone because we're not measuring our, our average handling time. We're not managing that to be less than, than three minutes. You know, so some of some of these these metrics are not reflecting, you know, the results we want. Um, and I think in the organizations where I've had very, very productive relationships and conversations around ROI, it's like, you know, let's put in a scorecard that measures all of these aspects, even the ones that are a little bit more difficult to measure. You know, and we, if we say, look, we want to measure, uh, you know, quality of the relationship, quality of the of the interactions, you know, maybe it remains subjective, but you know, at least we are we are measuring something um, that shows what a potential impact impact it could have to the to the organization. So I think fundamentally it's wrong to not have the conversation, um, but I think we we're getting much better with you know how how do we measure these things. So Chantal, what, what do you think explains for what appears to be a general lack of concern 
about the employee experience and the employee engagement. It seems like, you know, a whole lot of effort goes into hiring people, but then not a lot, a whole lot of attention or interest is, is, is given to, um, you know, how, how, how employees evaluate their experience and, and, and their long-term satisfaction and, and engagement and how that ultimately relates to customer satisfaction and engagement. Yeah, I, Tom, I, I think the hard thing is because it's, it's messy. You know, sometimes these things are hard to put on an Excel spreadsheet. I, you know, in, my, in, in most of my jobs, I've been called really high maintenance because I'm, I'm an emotional being. Okay, and I bring all of all of myself to work. Like if I don't agree with something, you know about it. If I agree with something, you know about it. And, and you know, I think I think you know, in 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 organizations, you know, it, it's it's almost um, a lot of the clients that I work with. You swipe your card at the turnstile, and then you need to be something different. You need to be uh, productive. You you mustn't bring like your family issues to work. We don't want to know about your sick kids. You know, you swipe in and you need to be productive and you need to meet your meet your KPIs. And I mean, I read the other day, like um, Henry Ford, on his like very first production line, you could be fired for laughing at work because mm. it distracted you from like what you were supposed to do on that on that factory line. And I think a lot of the you know, if your job is a very routine job and you're putting a screw in a, you know, and, and that's that's what you're doing. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, there's no creativity required, you know, and the metrics are clear, you know, then maybe that leadership style is different. But today, most of us are required to be creative. Um, and it's really hard to be creative in captivity. And, and a lot of, you know, the, what we're seeing in, in leadership and what we're seeing in organizations is just an underlying fear, a fear of failure, a fear of, you know, being found out, a fear of being discovered that you're an imposter as a leader. Um, and I think those, you know, we're we not, fact, we not factory workers, you know. So I, I, I just think the ecosystem is, is, is off balance. And for most leaders, um, you know, I've had in the last two weeks, I've had very hard conversations with some of my some of my uh, client CEOs saying like, you don't have a customer experience problem, you have a culture problem and you have a fear problem. Your people are really afraid to bring themselves and to serve in the way that feels natural to them. You're giving them scripts, you're giving them stupid KPIs. And then you ask me what's wrong in my environment, it's not working. And I'm going, it's it's not working because the pieces are not fitting together. Um, it's not a it's not a human friendly environment. It is, you know, if you put people in cubicles and 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 you want them to really not think about them to think about what they're doing. You give them scripts, then you get robotic interactions, and your customers feel that. So I think it's about addressing that whole ecosystem and understanding that if you want to orientate your organization to delivering experiences, you need to deal with some of the human messiness. And as leaders, you need to step up. Um, and become brand warriors and, and leaders of tribes because an organization culture is another, 
you know, a, another complex thing because you're not sitting with one culture in an organization, you're actually sitting with a whole lot of subcultures. And, you know, a CEO's job is to kind of lead in a way where he inspires these little tribes to cooperate in the best way possible, um, to care about each other in the best way possible, and to ultimately deliver the, the results that the organization aims for and to deliver to the purpose that everybody's striving striving towards. Wow, this is so great. This is There's so much here and some of these ideas are just, you know, just, well, just uniquely stated. Like I live in Detroit and I never heard this thing about Henry Ford with the laughing. Um, so I'm excited for you and for the listeners because um, you got this podcast coming up. It's going to be great. Um, now we need to have the big reveal. We need to know what the name of the podcast is going to be and tell us about the rationale for naming it that. All right. So the podcast will be called the Brand Warrior Revolution. And I'm really excited about starting a worldwide revolution where ordinary employees will step up and, and become brand warriors. First of all, brand warriors of their own personal brands. <clears throat> and they'll become leaders within the family ecosystems and that they'll just reignite the passion for the brand that they work for. Um, and, you know, if someone discovers that they don't love the brand that they're working for, to go in search of a brand that they really deeply care about. That's awesome. Hey, you so got positive. us. You got, we're on your team. Let's go. Hey, <laughs> I need a brand, but I'll, that's something I can worry about later. So you, I know you've, you've touched on this a little bit already, um, but what is it that you really hope to accomplish with your podcast? Tom, so I want to, I want to inspire, I want to inspire people to, to, to light that flame in themselves. You know, if they're feeling, listen, I don't feel strongly about anything. I don't feel like a warrior just mm -hmm. to, to search within themselves because there's, I think often we've, we've, we've become so busy and we've become so desensitized that we forget what we, what we care about. Um, I recently, I want to just tell a quick story. I recently had an experience where I've just moved my entire family to a, a really small town about two hours from Cape Town in South Africa. And when I, when I, when we moved here, you know, there was a lot of like city things that we gave up to be, to be in nature. But part of the appeal of this beautiful place is the bird life. And, you know, this is an area where the black oyster catcher, which at one stage was the, the numbers were very threatened in, in this area. Um, they breed here and the black oyster catchers are just amazing. They're beautiful. They're blackbirds with red beaks and, um, they mate for life and they look after the 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 chicks like for they the mother and father watches these chicks um until they can until they can look after themselves and and shortly after we moved here they started installing a um sewer system on one of the beach fronts like right in front of where we where we were going to live and they started digging and they scared off all the birds and you know i started asking uncomfortable questions and we found out that they had done no impact environmental impact studies and you know they wouldn't listen to any of what we were saying and you know i felt so strongly about you know them not 
they they didn't follow the protocol they just started like arrogantly destroying nature and you know in this process i i i i'd exhausted all my options in terms of the processes and eventually you know one morning it's six o'clock in the morning i said to my family nobody's listening to me from any of the authorities i'm going to stop this digger from digging any further on the beach and my kids said but mommy what if they get the police and what if the digger doesn't stop and they said well can we come can we leave school and can we come and i said yes you can you don't have to go to school today they do on, online schooling don't have to go to school you can come with me and in this process of thinking i thought my kids have never seen me stand up for something that visibly you know so i had three children in the rain next to the digger i'm lying in front of the digger the poor digger operator's eyes are this big he's going <laughs> This woman is mental. She's like, she's like insane. And I said to him, I'm going to lie there the whole day. You're not digging anymore because you're destroying this beach. And, and in that process, I think part of my own journey was one of, you know what? It actually feels good standing up for nature. The birds couldn't, couldn't do that themselves. And I, I got a, I got an opportunity as a, as a custodian. And I think thinking back about my leadership style, I've, I've done that for many people that worked in my teams. Um, and, and I think we need to model these things. You know, what does it take to really believe in something and stand up for something? And I didn't really care whether anyone admired me. I just knew the birds couldn't speak for themselves. And I knew my three, my three kids were watching me and saying, this is really important to my mother, let, let, let us support her. And you know what, maybe, 50 years from now when I'm no longer here my kids will still tell that story and maybe that story inspires them to do something that they're really afraid of because I can tell you I was really afraid of the digger I was I mean I knew the guy wouldn't hurt me but it's still you know it's a, it's a pretty big pretty big vehicle and I think that's that's part of what I want to achieve with this um, with this podcast is you know, giving people tools, giving them stories, um, inviting brand warriors to come and tell their stories about the things that they believe in, the things that, you know, sometimes when we get into this autopilot cubicle slave mode, we just not having the impact that we can. And I think that for me is the saddest thing is witnessing human potential that's capped because of our own fears, because of environment, because of leaders, because of stupid rules. And I want the podcast to be, you know, uncap that human potential, just light the spark again and go and do some freaking awesome stuff in this world. That's so, awesome. So That's big a, question, did you yeah. stop the digging? I did stop the digging. I did stop the digging. And I eventually negotiated with very smart engineers and they relayed the pipes and that was a temporary like so they stopped digging mm -hmm. this particular beach that I wanted to protect it was probably about 10 meters of beach they relayed it but the end of the story is they were actually um, stopped by the uh, environmental uh, government uh, representatives they did not have an environmental impact so they've now got a uh, retrospectively do an environmental impact they've got to rehabilitate the area that they damaged and they are facing massive fines uh, we got a petition signed over 20,000 people signed this petition so I think again just a, you know if if the moral of the story is I stood up for something that I, I thought was fundamentally 
wrong and I got so much support from all over the world you know people rallied with me they signed the petition uh, we got legal help from various places we got environmental impact study specialists to to help us and I think that's for me if we uh, cultivate uh, and and you know uh, allow people to reignite the brand warrior in them they will impact people that uh, that are watching them and I think that's really that's really why I want to call it the brand warrior revolution is I think if everyone just looks at their little 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 ecosystem and and, and start inspiring people around them you know we can we can start this wave of of inspiration I you know I remember my mom my mom had amazing work ethic um, but my mom was tired most of the time and my mom believed that you had to work hard and suffer you know it, it, it's kind of this generation where you have to work can't be fun you have to suffer and I fundamentally think that's that's just wrong I think work should be fun um, and you know what as a CEO of a small consultancy I, you know some days I have to do shit that I don't like but I do it fast and I do it accurately so I don't have to come back to it. <laughs> but most of the time, my team, we have incredible fun. We, you know, sometimes we laugh so hard that, you know, we sometimes have to like pause a workshop and go, okay, everybody, now we're going to just laugh. Let's just get it out of, you know, those days in church when you couldn't really laugh, you know, and you just keep on going. So I think work should be fun. And I think one should, one should practice your craft in a way, you know, where you love what you do. Um, and you inspire people through through how you practice your craft. And you know, maybe the critics will say it's idealistic. You know, I, I think we should become more idealistic, and I sh I think we should upgrade our standards, and I think we should demand workplaces where we can feel passionate about something and where we inspire people to actually be their best, not that's, just be that's, enough. That's just great. Um... I want to ask a, like a kind of a basic housekeeping question after all this talk of these big ideas, which are fantastic. You can tell that this podcast is going to be great. Um, when listeners tune in, what, what will they expect? Uh, what can they expect in terms of the format of your show? Have you thought about that? Well, Bob, you know, I get very creative <laughs> at times, you know, so, so yeah, I think, I think part of it, I'll, I'll probably keep like the suspense, suspense going, but I mean, sometimes they'll just get like a hundred percent Chantal just ranting about something and, and telling some stories and giving some, some tips. I think in terms of what we've seen, we've had thousands of people come through our workshops in the last, uh, in the last, you know, in the last three years we've and and now that we're doing it online we're having even bigger groups coming coming through our workshops from all over the world and i think the biggest gift that we can give people is you know what we've learned works and you know giving people tools and 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 tricks and things that they're going to go can go and practice and sometimes you know it's not about doing big things sometimes it's about doing a few little things in a very different different way so i want to share you know as much of what we've what we've learned in this amazing amazing job of of working with human beings and then i want to feature some really really great um you know guests on the podcast that i want to invite to come and tell their brand warrior stories wow we're excited thanks thanks so much for joining the network we're so happy to have you 
thank you so much for inviting me. Um, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in today, whether it was intentional or not. We're happy to have you and hope you tune in to Chantel's, um, Chantel's podcast when it launches later in July. And remind us again what the name of your podcast is going to be. It's called the Brand Warrior Revolution. I love so it. Come and join. Come oh. and join the revolution. And something tells me there's going to be t-shirts. I, I want. I want one of those t-shirts. Beautiful. <laughs> no, Tom. Boxer shorts. Yeah, boxer yeah, shorts. Yeah, yeah, we need go. Brand Warrior boxer shorts. Okay. All right. <laughs> Tom, um, you're going to get some more. You probably already have those, but yeah, get some yeah, more. yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just add that to my 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 boxer shorts. Collection. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks again, Chantel, for joining us today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob Show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.